Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys? I'm very excited for the sportscast. There's a lot going on. Yeah, I'm doing great, man. How are you, Eric? I am so great because my favorite boxer, Jake Paul, had a huge win last (laughs) night. Wow. (laughs) I am a Jake Pauler. I think he has proven that he is one of the best in the world and no hater can deny anymore. I think he's ready to step up to big time matches against other celebrities. I thought you were going to say Tyson Fury or Deontay. No, no, no. I mean, you realize they're they're just building this as a, they're, they're, eventually it's going to be Paul versus Paul, right? Oh, and it's oh, going to be like oh, the most expensive, oh, expensive pay-per-view in history. Paul versus Paul. I'm excited for that. Please. I want that to happen. These guys are, we'll talk about them in a little bit, but they're just money-making machines. And literally everyone's like, oh, we hate the Pauls. Can't wait for them to get knocked out. It's like they've literally just built careers off of being creative assholes, and they're just worth infinity dollars now. And we all just have to live with it. That's the world we're in. We We do have to live with it, but we don't have to watch it. Oh, yeah, we don't have to watch it. But, I mean, if you told me right now that I could watch – Fury versus um, Joshua, or I could watch Paul versus Paul. I would pick Paul versus Paul. Like, I'm being dead serious, I would. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a fan of the Gypsy King, and I'm still watching it. So, all right, guys, here we go. We're diving into some sports. Before we do, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Northeast Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere you get your favorite podcast from and get the Northeast Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Yeah. Bananas. Um, you know how we're on Spotify, which is really cool? They are doing a bunch of new stuff for like, you know, if you listen to your pods on Spotify, there's a bunch of new features and all this cool stuff. So go check us out there. Yeah, please do. Help us out. All right, guys. Um, what beer are you guys drinking? Ryan, why don't you start this time? Okay. I'm uh, I'm at Fair State Co-op. Uh, proud owner of Fair State. I, I feel like a, I'm a Green Bay Packers season ticket supporter. I'm, I'm an owner of the team. Yes. Um. I'm drinking the pills and it's a really solid beer. It's a really great, easy drinking light beer. I like it. It's inexpensive. It's a great second four pack, especially moving into the summer when it gets a little bit warmer. You don't want the heavy stuff. We're not going porters. We're not going thick milkshake stuff as much. Um, so yeah, Fair State Pills. Love it. That's beautiful. Nico would be so proud to hear that. Um, Eric, you and I have the same beer. And we got it separately. We did. Uh, and it's a new redesigned can. Shouts to our friend, friend of the pod, Mike Shocker. The half. The half of Eisen from Fair State. Oh, love the can. Love it's the bad. beer. Love the brewery. All of it. I mean, this is just such a simple second four-pack. nine ninety nine four-pack. Beautiful. I don't know. Almost bruised banana arsenal style uh, cans. And... It is a classic Bavarian-style wheat beer with notes of banana, vanilla, and clove. Who wouldn't like this? It's so good. It's perfectly to style, and it it ramps up the banana flavor, which is my favorite flavor in uh, Hefeweizen. So maybe my favorite Hefeweizen. Banana is my favorite flavor in beers, I think. like I'm not It's just kidding. rare. It's just like you can have really bad banana, like unintentional banana, and mm-hmm. that's like Bud Light. Yeah. But like, yeah, we want it to taste like banana and it does. Oh, that is the best. So I love this beer. Everyone go get it. It looks beautiful. Tastes great. And uh, we love our friends over at Fairs. I also, I digress because Bud Light does not taste like banana. It tastes like banana candy. Yeah. Which is Which does not right? taste like banana. Yeah. It's a pretty bad flavor. Although banana runs are bangers. You think? What yep. about 99 banana? I, I used to drink it. Just so you know, friend of the pod, Scott Wilkie, um, only drank 99 bananas for like years of his life. 
That explains that's, so much about him. Years of his life off. <laughs> like, I don't know if he drank anything else. It was, he was just a 99 bananas person. So that's right. So like just straight 99 bananas or like with, with a mixer. I don't probably. You know, well, I, yeah, I tell you what, we'll have to have him back on. Cause these are questions we need answered. Yeah. I need I have a lot of questions on that as well. All right, guys, time for our warm-up on this sports cast. Jimbo, what do you got for today? All right. Um, this is a simple question, and it's we're not it, it's not gonna be as much of a debate because I'm just curious. Who is your favorite personality in sports? They can be an athlete or they can be a coach or a commentator, but who is your favorite okay. sports personality or personality in sports? Can I go okay, with my I, favorite and my favorite? Yes, sure. Go ahead. Let's just discuss it. I have I have one person I'll mention, but I want you guys to answer. Okay. My least favorite is Tom Brady. Okay. Like, he's great, and I'm here to witness his greatness, and I'm here to admit that he's the greatest of all time, and that what he did this year and most of the years of his career has been miraculous. But he's just unbearable. He's just Dude, here's the thing. He actually has a much better personality than Kirk Cousins. I'm sorry. But at least Tom Brady, like, got drunk on a boat parade and threw the the, the trophy. No, I'm, yeah. You think he, Kirk Cousins would have done that? Yeah, but I don't... I, Oh, gosh. No, First he would have done a private cousins, concert, cousins, concert no, with Creed. Cousins, would, cousins wouldn't have been drinking, number one. Who was right. just about to be like, yeah, well, Tom Brady would just donate his money and his likeness to, like, racist causes. And then I just imagined the actual golf match that happened, um, or the, the phone call, maybe golf match, too, with mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins and Trump. So, yeah. never mind. Cousins is a douche. Um, my so, favorite is easy, okay? My favorite oh, is okay. This person, I think, is one of the all-time greats in sports. I think they're one of the most interesting people and they're like being this boring person um, that's like so calculated and smart is just part of the in- interesting act. I believe pretty much everything that this person says and I think that they're one of the best to ever do it and that is Greg Popovich who is my favorite mm. fourth personality. Wow, what a great answer. I love that. He stands up Social justice warrior, always on the right side of history, progressive, um, very, very good. Hire and empower women coaches. Like stands up for what is right, um, you know. Doesn't he's not worried to say something political, and, and he's doing it in Texas. Yeah, he's just the best. He's not. He's not like it, it's not like he's in New York City where you know it's a lot more diverse, right? Mm-hmm. Or or um, the diversity is much more accepted. Like I'm diverse, sure Texas, yeah. te- Texas is very diverse culturally, but not like Jimbo said, like not politically diverse. Mm-hmm. Ryan. Um, I love Shaq. Ah, yeah, that's who I was going with. I love Shaq. I think he is so gregarious. He's underratedly funny, but he's also kind of like, he's a little bit understated when he does the the TNT games mm-hmm. and whatever. But I think Shaq, like in like sit down interviews and stuff like that, is just a wonderful human being. He's very warm and receptive. Um, he, he's the literal definition of like a big teddy bear. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, he's just, he's open, he's fun. Uh, he's just top notch, in my opinion. Um, I also like Steve Kerr for the same reasons that Eric likes uh, Greg Popovich. Um, I feel like Steve Kerr is always on the forefront of of trying to do and say the right things and encourages his teams to do the right things of, you know, supporting that they're not going to go to the White House uh, for, for winning a championship when it's someone that they don't support and believe in, in what they're saying and that type of thing. So um, those are probably like my, my one A and one B. That's I'll because with... her is a Greg Popovich disciple as both yeah, a player for sure. and a coach. Coach yeah, under, you're right. under him. So yeah, I agree. I feel the same way about Steve Kerr. He's just the new Pop. 
I'm going to give my quick two answers and then I'm going to just bring something up I noticed here. Okay. Um, least favorite right now is KD, the whininess, the poor me. Can't believe I'm getting booed when all I do is horrible stuff on the internet all day. Um, can't stand him at all. Constantly favorite also Shaq. And I I love Charles Barkley as well, but Shaq is is so charismatic. He's always doing these awesome viral moments where he doesn't even realize he's being filmed, but he's buying a guy's engagement ring just to be nice. All this cool stuff. Here's here's the thing. I'm not surprised nobody picked a hockey player. Okay. We all picked all basketball people pretty much. I mean, we did. Um, It just shows you that basketball is a league where they let personalities shine and other leagues are a step behind in that. Um, They encourage it. They want individuals to come out and be the stars of the league and they allow mm -hmm. them to have a voice and a face. And, you know, I think that they're just the best at that. So like, I agree with you. Um, Damn, that's crazy. I didn't even think about that. We're all talking basketball the whole time. That's an that's an incredibly astute observation because I think under David Stern it might not have been that way, but I think it was progressing that way, and I think Adam Silver has done a really good job of of letting all of that sort of speak for itself. And I really, it's one of the reasons that we always talk about. You know, there's so many reasons that people hate the NBA. Oh, they don't play defense, blah blah blah. But there's so many more important aspects to the NBA that do a better job than the NFL especially the NFL, NHL, and Major League Baseball. Yeah, And there's a whole subsect of people in America and in the world that don't want to hear black voices. And so they get annoyed by it too, right? They're like, stick to politics and because they don't agree with them, they don't like them. And that's just racist shut, bullshit. Shut up and dribble. Shut up yep. and dribble is, the, yep, is exactly. the most important thing. Yeah. All right, guys, let's move on to some news. Um, a lot of NBA news here. Uh, nothing good that we're coming up with. LaMarcus Aldridge is forced to retire with an irregular heartbeat. He had just signed with the Brooklyn Nets. He played like that one game or something and then had to retire. Same thing that happened to King Henrik, Henrik Lundqvist, who was having a Hall of Fame career and had to retire um, prematurely for the same thing, irregular heartbeat. So it's a bummer to see him go. Um, You also had some big injuries in the West. Everything, even when things aren't going well for his team and him and his health, uh, things coming up LeBron right now as the Nuggets lose their second best player. um, What's his name? Murray. uh, Jamal. Jamal Murray. Blows out his knee. Terrible fashion. It's probably eight months on the shelf. Hate to see it. The Jazz temporarily lose um donovan mitchell for a few weeks as well uh, so the west is a little banged up when it comes to that and uh finally i'm sorry julian edelman retired oh yeah uh, everyone is asking is julian edelman a hall of famer and the answer no. is a resounding it's just yeah, absolutely not if he's a hall of famer we need to start talking about jake reed like i mean he's just not even in the vicinity of the hall of fame uh and then finally jake paul's fight last night um had a bajillion people watching it. He fought against Ben Askren, who is a longtime star of MMA, but didn't fight most of his career in the UFC. So he was like the big fighter that everybody wanted in the UFC for a long time. And he never fought in the UFC. He was like undefeated, just mauling people. And he got traded, okay? This is the first trade in MMA history. Uh, one fighting, which I believe is out of Japan mostly, but I might be making that up, uh, traded Ben Askren to the UFC for Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, who was the most dominant champion in the UFC at the time, but he fought at 125, a division that literally no one cared about. And so he traded the two of them 
and Ben Askren came over. You might have seen it. Uh, there was a lot of video going around of his first fight. He fought this guy, Robbie Lawler, a former champion. He gets blitzed and blown out in the first, like, 20 seconds. He gets dropped and hit in the face, like, 600 times, and then he wins the fight. So this dude is tough as nails. Um, but he has had a couple losses recently. Obviously, he's not in UFC anymore. He fights Jake Paul. Jake Paul blasts his head off. Uh, and everybody's saying it's fake. Well, I don't think he blasted his off. head off. I think yeah. he hit him a couple times, and it was it was time for him to take his dive. He lasted 25 seconds. That's all he's paid for. I think that it was a real fight, and that Jake Paul um, was the far superior boxer with far superior training and far superior conditioning and mm-hmm. effort, and that Ben Askren put in minimal work into yep. this and was ready to collect a check. I do not think he dive, took a dive. I do not think he could have won this fight. And I think he got drilled and he probably could have continued and was like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> like, I just think he was ready to just... How is that different than it's rigged? I mean, like, literally you just described I think everything he was, that happened. He, he literally yeah, just described taking fight, a dive. But Ben Asker knew he wasn't going to win the fight. He didn't even try to get ready because I he's getting his money. He the, the direct deposit came through, man. I think he wanted to win, and it didn't go well, and he just was like, I'm going to preserve myself. Uh, and that's I, I did see one one take from a supposedly good boxing writer, and he said, don't get me wrong, if Jake Paul boxed uh, a good to decent or a decent to good pro, he'd get whooped. But he has serious power. And and he was just like, he, he really hits hard, but he's not a great boxer. And I was like, okay, thank you. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Info. He's a big boy. I mean, he's the conditioning has been working. And he's rich enough that he can pay for some high-level training. So he'll never be great as a professional boxer. That's just never going to happen. But he doesn't well, but he got a he got a belt, dude. Come on. What are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> they brought out a belt. I would never buy one of these fights, okay? So my support for this shit is not financial support. It's like I'm willing to talk about it in a positive way. But I'm also feeling like Pete Davidson. Did you guys see his interview? Yeah. The Pete Davidson interview was fucking perfect. He was like, you know, this sport has fallen a long ways if they have me here at a fucking YouTuber's boxing match. But fuck it. We're having a good time. It was pretty much what he was saying. And then he's not afraid to make it awkward because he called out Jake Paul on like sexual harassment allegations. And he was with Ben interviewing him and he brought up the whole like, you know, the FBI came in and seized all those ARs and shit and um, AKs from Jake Paul's house. He brought all that up and he's like, no, he's a piece of shit. You should be in prison. What the fuck? (laughs) I, I just think that like people are having fun. People are making money and boxing is not interesting to me, I guess, unless it's like a celebrity fight. And for whatever reason, boxing fans think that like Mike Tyson versus Evander Holyfield when they're almost 60 and just fried is fun. And this shit isn't like, get out, get over yourself. Jake Paul would probably fuck up Mike Tyson at this point. So I I did not pay for this fight. I want everyone to know I did not pay for this fight, nor would I, but I watched it. So I didn't think it'd be this easy, but I turned on, you know, how like TVs these days have like a YouTube app. Turn that in, turned it on typed in Jake Paul, hit search, and two live streams came up, and I clicked one of them, and I watched the entire thing for free (laughs) from YouTube. So I don't think they're doing a great job of of preventing that. So the next one that comes up, maybe you don't have to buy it, just literally watch it on YouTube for free in high def on your television. I guess I just don't know how big, like, Jake Paul even is. Like, is he big? I bet he's six foot. He's 6'1". Then he's probably 2'10". 
Yeah, He's I'm really great. curious about that. Um, I don't know. Like, what would happen if Jake Paul fought old ass Mike Tyson right now? Mike Tyson would knock him the fuck out. I would pay I for that. I'd pay for it. Jake Jake Paul has never been punched. I don't care if Mike Tyson's 60. He has never been punched in the face can by agree, someone like Mike can Tyson. We agree that's the fight we're buying it. Okay. <laughs> the whole world would. They could charge a hundred bucks and people would be buying it left. Um, I think this shit is dumb. It's fun. End of story. All right. I agree. All right, guys. Uh, next up, the Minnesota Twins. Uh, really struggling, by the way. They have no bullpen. Uh, and they also got, maybe got COVID. It turns out if you're a whole team of anti-vaxxers, it's kind of hard to play a game in, in uh, the middle of a pandemic. Uh, That's the deal, huh? What's the, what's the shortstop's name? Uh, Anderson Simmons. He got COVID. He's out. Um, and then... Uh, and, he, and he has said he's staunchly against getting the vaccine. That's great. That's what we need. And we'll, we'll not get it. And then you also had uh, Baldelli, the coach, who had a false negative test, which shut down an entire series. Um, it was really awkward. Now they're stuck in Anaheim. Um, they all tested negative today. They all have to test negative again on Monday. If they do that, then they will play their series against Oakland. Baseball seems fucked. Like, there's just, they're just doing like a normal season right now. Traveling everywhere, flying across the country, no difference to the series. I mean, at least hockey, they're like, you're going to only play six teams on repeat for the whole fucking year, and you're going to play like four in a row against them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they're trying to keep it. So, like, if a team got COVID, the worst that could happen is maybe two teams would. So, I mean, yeah. I, I think they're doing a good job, and baseball is just pretending it doesn't. Like a lot of the country. Ryan, you're muted. Ryan, I'm not hearing you, bro. There you oh, go. Oh, sorry, guys. Um, let's, let's just ignore the COVID issues for the Twins. Okay. Um, they're not very good. Um, oh. Outside of Nelson Cruz and Byron Buxton, and to some degree, Luis Arias, uh, this is not a very good ball club right now. And Eric said the bullpen issues, I've been on that train since February. Um, I don't think the starting pitching is very good either. Uh, Maeda, great candidate for regression, is is kind of showing that. Uh, Barrios has been kind of a lone bright spot. Uh, Matt Shoemaker's terrible. Oh, remember, remember all this stuff like, oh, Randy Dobnik's got a new slider, and he's going to be great. His ERA is like 12 um, as a long reliever out of the bullpen. Um, he's bad. Um, nobody in the bullpen can get outs for any reason. Like we tried. Michael Pineda has been the best starting pitcher in my opinion. Um, and he's old, um, but he doesn't have a lot of miles on him just because of injury and doping suspension was at like 80 pitches through the seventh inning and Baldelli pulled him against the Red Sox. And then we proceeded to give up three runs. Um, we ended up winning it in the ninth uh, off a of Kepler single, but all of these decisions are very troublesome. And I do not like the direction that the, the, the twins are trending right now okay so here's my strategy if i'm a baseball team okay this is this is my money ball strategy are you ready for this ready so my strategy is you dive into like the pitcher market of like the starters who are veterans who can only get a one-year deal and you just constantly go to that market every summer okay you get the shoemakers you get the odorizis you get the pinedas you get the guys who the twins already get every year Okay. J.A. J. A. Hap. Yep. You get those guys. Okay. And then, you, you know, you're still trying to get good pitching. You're still trying to develop it, especially if you're not one of the like four teams who can actually like sign a free agent. Um, 
And so you're trying to develop pitching, you're drafting pitching, you're doing it, getting them to the minors. But then every year you're just lining up as many like two to $5 million pitchers as you possibly can. Okay. You have 10 starting pitchers on your team. Okay. And you pair them one, 10, two, nine, three, eight, four, seven, five, and six. And then every game you're going for your main guy, the better guy is going five or six innings. All the while, the other guy is getting his normal game warm-up in, and he's coming in trying to pitch the rest of the game into the 10th inning if need be, okay? So you're trying to aim for five to six innings per starter like they already are in this data age where they don't want to go through the lineup more than two times. They don't want to get to 100 pitches. Well, then just set it up so you have two starting pitchers every game. And I know a starter has to start the game, but I, I mean the type of pitcher that they are. And then just have like two guys in your bullpen with just like 100 mile an hour arms, even if they're erratic, that can come in and like try to get someone out in a pinch. What do you think? Is that stupid or is that just an easy cool to me, Ryan? I, I I wouldn't that have been thought of if it made sense? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a terrible idea because like you're limited by roster spots. Like to add additional five starting pitchers when you need, like you said, if you're if you're if you're going to live in the data age and we're going to bring the twins out of the stone age into uh, normalcy, um, you need to have like bullpen specialists that are that are good at a certain niche of of batter that they can get out, um, especially late in games. And some of those guys don't have a lot. They don't have, you know, more than three or four batters in them. And, and you can tell. So um, I think you'd be sacrificing one thing. You'd, you'd be pulling a plug out of one hole to put it in a different one. And I don't know that that's necessarily going to work. Do you want, you want especially, especially especially because your bullpen guy is going to be paid $600,000 and if you're going to sign a starting pitcher he's going to be costing 3 million a season. So there's some budgetary concerns to to consider there as well. So here's my thing. Uh you shouldn't have games where you run through your bullpen. You should just wave the fucking white flag. Just give up. You should just say fuck it. We're not we're losing this game now. We're not going to just burn through the whole fucking bullpen because our starter went out in the second inning. We're just going to let this dude die out there for the next seven innings. Who fucking cares? And we're playing for tomorrow because why do we want to wear our roster out for the rest of this series when we're down 5 nothing in the second inning? Job security. Like, like managers don't – like, if it's already going bad, you don't want to be like, well, we got bludgeoned 15 to nothing because we left the guy out there for two additional innings. Well, let's move What's on the to difference? a different bludgeoning team. And that's a team that's getting bludgeoned currently but has been bludgeoning a lot of teams lately. That's the Minnesota Timberwolves. The red-hot Minnesota Timberwolves. The no longer last place in the NBA Minnesota Timberwolves who have a duo – a star duo suddenly of Russell and Towns who have a winning record together of five and four. <laughs> wow. You sold the hell out of that. You got me ready to run through a brick wall. I'm watching them now. They suck. Don't worry. Um, you know what I will say though, as long as you want to keep it positive, so do I. Maybe D'Lo's a little better than I was giving him credit for when he was injured forever. Um, he's a little bit more efficient than, than I expected um, coming back. He's shooting it well. He's it's not just a volume scoring thing, volume shooting, you know. He's pretty good. So yeah, unfortunately, they're winning some more games than we'd probably even want them to see. They no longer have the worst record. I think that they are second. But um, their for the first pick have not changed. Right, right, right. The same odds. You need to be in the top three if you're the wolves. They were sorry, the bottom three. Yeah. Uh, and that's all that matters. So as long as they don't crawl too far out of the basement. We're still fine. I will say this. There is one lineup that I would love to get some run out the rest of the year, 
um, that I'm really interested in. That is Russell at guard. That is Edwards at guard. That is Beasley on the wing. That is Daniels playing that four spot and Towns at the five. That lineup really excites me. I don't know if they can play a lick of fucking defense, but I'm here for what they can do. And Russell brings the ball in. Sure, him or Edward, whoever. And then you got a bunch of guys who can shoot the ball. Everyone on the team should be able to shoot the ball. You have a rim protector in McDaniels. They give up a ton of points, but they could get into some fun track meets with that crew. So I'm interested, I'm interested in that that lineup. Um, if you could add a few defensive pieces, um, I think that they're they're not that far off. And it'll be- is, it, is it sad that within that lineup, the first guy off the bench would probably be Nas Reed? Yeah, it probably would be Nas Reed or Josh Kogi. Um, Culver's the guy who needs to go. Um, ESPN wrote an article that was like, Culver needs a new start. Like he was in the guys who just need a fresh start somewhere. Crew, yeah. um, he needs to go. Uh, but I, I don't mind Rubio. I know he's making a fortune and he's untradeable, but I think he's a nice veteran. Um, if he doesn't have to play too much, I think Nas Reed is a fine big man. I think Kogi can play a little defense. I mean, there's some nice pieces on this team. They're just not quite there yet. I think they're one more top three pick away from being a pretty fun franchise, like we've been saying for the last 10 years. I was going to say that. championship for A-Rod. Let's do it for A-Rod, you guys. So I did want to bring up A-Rod who, um, because I just loved, uh, and by the way, when you asked my favorite sports personality, Anthony Edwards is like not far off. Like he came up. (laughs) He's creeping. He's creeping. Yeah. He is so funny. I thought he was such a douchebag, but now I just love him, and I think he's so funny. I think they he's asked, really genuine. Yeah. They asked him what he thought about A-Rod, and he was like, who is that? Yeah. Was, I don't follow baseball. But then people, They're like, Alex Rodriguez, uh, you know, he's he, he looks like he's buying the team, and he was a famous baseball player. Yeah, I don't know anything about baseball. <laughs> but I think he, he said he, – he, he did say, I know he's going to be the owner of the team, but – I don't follow baseball, so I don't know yeah. who that is. Did you ever see his interview with Marnie Gellner, though, about how good he was at baseball? Yes. Loved he, it. He was like, she was like, what position do you play? And he was like, center field, shortstop, third base. She was like, all the important ones. And he was like, pitcher. And then she was like, where did you hit? And he was like, fourth, fifth. You know what that means. And she was like, clean up. And he was like, clean up. <laughs> He's just great. I love day it. Day one since day one. Um, yeah. So there you go. The Wolves, they're moving in the right direction. They're going to lose enough to hopefully keep that pick or have a good chance at it. But, um, you know, there's signs of life, at least. Yep. yep. I, I do like to see it, man. You know, McDaniels has been a nice surprise right there. So, Another, we'll see. Sorry. Let me, let me just real quick interject. Yeah. I'm not buying it. You're not there's, getting on the hype there's train. No, there's no signs of life. This, this team needs, I think it would do well to trade Towns mm. for a King's Ransom build around Edwards and hit the reset button hard. I, I, I know you guys love a lot of these young guys, you know, Jaden McDaniels and Nas Reed would not start or play on a lot of rosters mm-hmm. if he wasn't on the Wolves. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to be the heir of negativity, but we've been down this road since this podcast inception, with the exception of a five-month stretch under Tom Thibodeau, have been largely terrible oh yeah um you know what though i was more like i was more team trade towns before and in the last like 10 games i'm just like realizing how amazing he really is he is so good and he does so much um i would try to hold on to him and edwards and everybody else can go I'm not oh. saying he's untradeable because the team is bad enough that everybody should be tradable, but he, I would hate to lose him. I wouldn't mind losing Towns if it was for like a James Harden lot where they were just like, here are 
seven first round picks and pick swaps and a good young player and an expiring contract. And I'd be like, okay, like done. Fuck it. Let's do it. You know, it's just going to take one of those deals. But all right, uh, real quickly, the Wild are playing real well again. Uh, they struggled for a couple weeks. They like uh, had a couple guys out with COVID. They were a little banged up with injuries. Now they've won three straight. They've won six out of 10, including uh, getting 13 points in those 10 games. Uh, they just so happen to be in probably the best conference or uh, division in the league um, with two yeah. of the four best teams. Uh, in there with Colorado, who just absolutely beat our ass this year, and uh, Vegas Golden Knights, who we've actually had our way with. Um, I don't know. The Wild, they they feel like, I think Jimmy Channels, I think you said this last time, as Jimmy Channels is like Jimmy sports guy. Um, There's no such thing, but go ahead. You said that they were like playing with house money. Pretty much. Yeah. And like, I just think that was my favorite take you've had in a lot because it was so true. Like this was not a team that was supposed to be good. This was right. like, supposed to be a team that wasn't ready. That was young and had a couple aging guys just taking up all the cap space. And all that is true. And they're still a pretty damn good. Team. And so yeah. this is like a bonus good season for us where we'll probably fizzle out in the first round of the playoffs to Vegas or something like that. But I think that we should feel positive about the direction of the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I thought that, you know, the only thing we maybe would be excited about is to see, let's see if Kaprasov's any good. The team won't be, but maybe that's exciting for the future. And it turns out there's a lot of exciting guys and we're winning a lot of games. So it's all good. It turns out when you have a like a franchise defining player who's otherworldly, your team is suddenly really good. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah. Um, especially this guy since Gabrick, so it's exciting. I would say probably just just being honest, probably since the Parisi signing. Yeah, to give him some credit, but, but to to bring in someone who's you know Parisi was already established with the with the Devils at that point, um, but to have like a quote unquote rookie like Kaprizov come in um, is unbelievable. He's got thirty six points which is he's leading the team uh, by far. And then I, I just want to shout out, like one of the guys that we panned who they signed to a big deal was Matt Zuccarello. And he's an old, older dude, like kind of a veteran guy. He's second on the team in points. Um, he's got two fewer assists than Kaprizov. So, um, but as, as you guys have, uh, have both pointed out between like Greenway and Eric Sinek and Felino and Fiala, like this team is pretty loaded with relatively young talent that will hopefully carry this franchise forward. Um, it's fun to watch. Um, I've sort of lost a little bit of the luster of, of watching the wild, you know, um, because now I'm in the mode of like, I expect them to win and it makes it kind of hard when you have the, like Eric mentioned the, the series against the avalanche where we lost like over the course of three games, like 15 to two, or whatever it was. And then we had that nine to one game. I forget who we lost to that, but we gave up like nine goals. I don't think our goaltending is quite where it needs to be, but overall I'm impressed with the, with the direction. I feel more confident that we're, that we're moving to a plan C Eric, which is to uh, just be steady for most of the season where, you know, obviously you're going to have ups and downs um, here and there, but it's not going to be the, um, we suck for three months and then go on some crazy winning streak just to even scrape into the seven seed. Um, or we're the best team for three months and then we're just holding on for dear life. I feel like this is going to be a 
the first Plan C season of we're just actually pretty good and we're going to coast to like the three or four seed and then let's see what kind of noise we can make happen. So I'm 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 here for it. I don't I don't, I don't want the the super highs and super lows of Plan A and B. So mm-hmm. give me more of Plan C. Um, all right, guys. So let's move on to the biggest topic, and we saved it for last because we know it doesn't interest everyone. But I think this is the biggest sports story in the news right now. Um, something in the in the world in the world. Yes, it's a huge deal. So um, this is what's being proposed: uh, European soccer being flipped on its head. Uh, looks like it's closer, uh, probably more realistic that it will happen than it won't, and that is because the top teams in Europe are looking to form what they're calling the Super League, um, which already has investors and um, television networks salivating, trying to purchase the rights to this. The first offer came from the zone with a 3.5 billion euro offer um, trying to get this league. So what's going to happen here as of right now, 12 teams have signed their letter of intent to join this league with the presiding people as the, the vice chairmans are uh, the Henry, uh, the owner of Liverpool, um, Levy, the, the Spurs guy, um, Kroenke, the Arsenal guy, um, I can't think of the guy's name, the City guy, and uh, Perez, the Madrid guy, as the chairman. So four Premier League club guys with the Real Madrid Spanish guy as the chairman of it. So just give a little bit of background on this, Eric, for people that aren't familiar. And, and this is... European soccer in general. So go. European soccer has every country has their own. And then within their league, they have multiple tiers of of competition. So most famous is definitely the Premier League in England, which is your Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs, uh, Liverpool, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Manchester United, Manchester City are your top teams there. Um, And then there's multiple tiers of teams going into the you know, guys who are in beer leagues that are in the seventh division or whatever it is. Um, then every country has their own. So in Spain, they have La Liga with Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid. And what's happened over the years is it's been almost like baseball where there's no spending limits. And so the richest teams get the biggest, uh, you know, they get the most money from advertisements. They get the most from game revenues. They get the biggest peak of the television deals. And there are these super wealthy teams that attract the best players. And so there is parity amongst the top teams. But within the league, only a few teams ever have an opportunity to actually win the league. And it's very rare that anyone ever breaks that mold. And so these teams are now saying, you know what? Why are we wasting our time with UEFA? Why are we wasting our time with all these um you know, these small teams, why don't we join forces, create a super league? We will, the, the, the main teams in it will benefit more than anyone in the world. We'll have the best players. We'll make the most money and we will set our sights on the NFL is kind of what I think is, is their plan. So what's being proposed is that there'll be 20 teams in the league, 15 founding clubs, which they had 15 lined up. 12 of them have accepted three of them declined. And then five teams would qualify on a yearly basis. And um, the team, excuse me, what do you mean? Five teams would qualify. So they could have, they'd have 15 permanent teams in the league. Oh, okay. I see. And you could get into it you by could, winning the premier league. 
by winning the Premier League, by winning a different league, you could get invited in for a season and you could be relegated, but the 15 original teams couldn't be relegated. Even if they finished dead last. Okay. Pretty much what they're saying is like the, the, the biggest 15 teams in the world are going to join this league and then they're going to bring along whoever else is good. And they're never going to risk their own money by getting booted out of the league. So if you finish last or whatever of the extra teams, you probably get booted or something like that. I don't know exactly what it would be. Um, and so what it's come down to is six English teams, Arsenal, Chelsea, um, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, and Spurs, Tottenham Hotspur, are the, the six teams from England. The three teams from Italy, AC Milan, Inter Milan, and Juventus, and the three teams from Spain, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, and Real Madrid. So you have these 12 teams from these three leagues, but they also have extended their invitations to um, PSG in Paris, France, and Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich, the two main teams from Germany. And so those three teams have all declined at this point, um, but not necessarily for the reasons that you think. So I think these teams would love to join this league, but I think currently it's a little complicated. In Paris with PSG, um, their owner um, is sits on the board of UEFA. And so he's kind of like tied to the current governing body. And so it's, I think, a little difficult for him to jump ship on that at this point. I'm sure he will try to find some way out. And then with the German teams, everyone's patting them on the back, talking about how heroic it is that they're turning this down to preserve the German league. But in reality, the German league has a rule that owners can only own up to 49% of a team. And so they don't have the power to just like leave a league at this point. Mm. Um, I would bet my money that they end up in the Super League, uh, but it might be like an ugly legal fight or something like that. So I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I think it's exciting. I know that my guy, uh, Stan Kroenke, the Arsenal owner, who is universally hated by all, um, has been one of the sneaky masterminds of all of this is what it sounds like. Um, Perez and Kroenke uh, just, I don't know, pissing out the whole world like they always do, it sounds yep. a little bit. Um, But yeah, I, that's where we're at right now. Um, I think that their game plan is to like eliminate a lot of the like little bullshit games and weird tournaments and just be like, we're coming to you once a week, like an NFL game and we're going to set the rules and we're going to set the schedule and we're going to have the biggest TV deal in the world. And we're all going to make a bunch of money. This is crazy unpopular. So people are pissed. I mean, I was reading the comments on, on Instagram and it's like, you know, the U S has officially ruined soccer. Um, they're blaming, you know, us because a lot of these big teams have been bought some share of interest by Americans. You just mentioned Cranky himself. It's kind of a kind of a real life villain type of dude anyways. And he seems to be doing villain shit. But, you know, Liverpool, my squad is is absolutely like you said, the owner there is is leading the charge. And um, it's just I think that the teams that are like right in the edge, like say like Everton, right, who kind of hangs out. Um, with these guys sometimes finishes top four, but not consistently, you know, they feel left out and, and all the supporters that go along with all those teams are pissed. Um, I think, I think, uh, I think it just kills them, right? No, who would care about the English premier league without these players, without these teams and these players, nobody, there goes their TV deal. There goes everything. It's a killer for everyone else. And so yeah, I, I don't know if I like it. I mean, I just got into enjoying how it works now. Like I've, I've only been watching for three years, so I'm not so for it. Although Liverpool's in it, it's fine. But although I, 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 in the same vein, I think you're touching on something that that speaks volumes to what makes. And I'm just going to speak to the Premier League specifically. What makes it kind of magical? And there's a couple things. One, when you have 
a team like today, Eric, sorry to pick on you, but like Fulham battling their brains out to avoid relegation, giving everything that they have against a top club like Arsenal financially, those matches are going to go by the wayside. And I think you'll become, I think people will become numb to the like, oh, Chelsea versus Juventus again. Like it's, it's just going to be, uh, another like kind of boring thing and and with that being said when you have like uh, uh Chelsea against Real Madrid in the Champions League semifinal it means so much more than them playing against each other 3 4 times a season in a in a UEFA Super League or not mm-hmm. a, not UEFA but a, a a Super League so i'm i'm not necessarily for it I, I definitely don't want this to become the reason that other clubs like have to fold. Like I feel like football or soccer has been around so long in these countries that to financially ruin them by not having these top tier clubs in their league sucks. Like I don't, I, I am not for that. I am not pro uh, financially diminishing clubs like Leicester city, Everton, West Ham, um, Southampton, like that have something to prove and are really like trying to fight their way into like even Europa League and to to just flippantly be like, yep, yeah, we're going to make more money doing this. I understand the business side of that, but like from a sporting perspective, the fact that these founding clubs can't get relegated is absolutely preposterous, in my opinion. I don't agree with any of that whatsoever. But as an Arsenal fan, it gives me some comfort. Ah. <laughs> well, that just Jeez, shows the that just there shows the state of the that just shows the state of your club. Like, absolutely, of course it does. Yes. Like, do you think Spurs deserve to be in a Super League? No, they're so rich. Yeah. No, no, they don't. That sucks. Now the the merit is how much do you make and how much? What's your ceiling for making more? Exactly. Um, I mean, it would be exciting, but like Ryan said, like, dude, how cool is it that Chelsea matches up with Real Madrid once every ten years? When they both make the Premier League or the the Champions League, they both make it, and when they get drawn against each other, you know, or they make it far enough that they see each other, that makes it incredibly special. Um, as opposed to this, where I mean, it would be kind of cool for me to to I'd, I'd get to know players from other leagues a lot more, but I don't know. I'm I don't think I'm for it now. I, at least Liverpool is in if that happens. That's the good thing. So, I mean, it's pretty obvious, like, when you look at the the highest valued teams in the world, I mean, it's pretty much that list. So, Barcelona's one, Real Madrid two, Bayern Munich, who they've invited, is three, Man United four, Liverpool five, Man City six, Chelsea seven, Arsenal eight, PSG nine, Tottenham ten, Juventus eleven, Borussia Dortmund 12, Atletico Madrid 13, Inter Milan 14. The top 14 have all been invited or accepted so far. Everton is 15. They're the first one not part of it. 16 is AC Milan. They're also part of it. So 15 of the top 16 highest valued teams are already invited or accepted at this point. And the teams that that on this list would be the next one would be Everton in 15, Roma in 17, West Ham in 18, Leicester in 19, and Ajax 20. So I put together a little list of some other teams that I think um, could get the invite. Okay. So my own personal list of who I would like to see, because I don't know why I'm, maybe I'm feeling like a villain today, but I'm kind of feeling the super league and like, (laughs) it could be really fun. All I know is that the players on all of our teams would get better because of, and the players on all other teams. But for what though? To fucking duke it out in the best sports league on earth. 
Eric, are, you got you can't be serious in thinking that Arsenal wouldn't finish in tenth place at best. Maybe currently. I mean, who knows? Who knows what will happen? They 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 have the same thing that that Chelsea has. Um, they play in London, which is always going to be nice and helpful for them. So there's plenty of if all these teams got a huge injection of cash, you know, it would be like the NFL. These teams would be so rich, they'd be so loaded with talent. So a couple teams I thought about: Bayern Munich, Dortmund, and PSG. Obviously, have been invited. Um, Lyon is a perennial contender in um, France. France. Lille is the current leaders of France. They're one point ahead of PSG right now. And then a couple other teams I'd like to see, Ajax, the the superstar team from Amsterdam, uh, and then Celtic, or Celtic, I think they're called, and Rangers, the two big Irish teams. I would love it if they were in there. They have some incredible history. I don't know. I just think the league sounds like fun. I'm cool either way. Um, if the Premier League keeps going, I love the Premier League. If the Super League starts, I love the Super League. I don't give a fuck. I just, what's good for sport is, is good. And as a fan... I think- as a fan watching, waking up on Sunday and watching Atletico Madrid versus Liverpool, Arsenal versus uh, Juventus, Chelsea versus Real Madrid, like, I mean, it would be electric. <laughs> I think it would initially. I, I definitely agree with that. But then I think the luster would wear off pretty quickly and you'd just become numb to, like, the fact that your players are making astronomically more money and they also couldn't care less because the stakes for clubs like Spurs, um, maybe Milan, maybe Atletico are always going to be like, just finish like decently. Don't be last. Uh, definitely don't be la- like below some of the, the other invitees, you know, that come in year to year. Um, but I feel like the, the like Arsenal versus Atletico or, uh, you know, Real Madrid would be cool. It'd be like, yes, great. And then, like, in year two, you'd be like, okay, well, yeah, this is who we're playing. Yeah. We're going to get rolled because I mean, they got, they got way more these, money than us. A lot of times in these leagues, it's decided halfway through. So, say this forms in 2023 and City mathematically wins halfway through the season. Why do they? There is no top four. There's no reason to finish top three. There's no other. Wait a minute. Unless they're going to come up with the super duper league for only the top three finishers of the super league. You know what I mean? It's like. Have playoffs for sure to this. Oh, I mean, that's, that's cool. That would be even exciting. Make the playoffs. No, even, even worse. Oh, I'd love no. It's here for it. No, we've talked about this, Eric. Do not Americanize yeah. something that has been working and is super super popular because then they're going to commercialize it and then we're going to have stoppages in play to go to commercial mm, and they're going to ruin no. the whole thing. They're, yeah. They will ruin it. We don't need stoppages in place. They just wear they wear commercials on their jerseys. So here's my thing, guys. This is coming. There's no stopping it. So, so is the NBA and they have stoppages in play constantly. So well, just anyways. jump on board. Because this is coming and it's going to be fun. And all of and here's the thing, Ryan, you say, what do the players have to play for? Well, you want to know what's going to happen? If you're not good enough, you get kicked out of the Super League and you go down to the shitty Premier League and you go play. Not if you're a founding, not if you're a founding team. No, player. You're saying what do the players oh. have to play for? Well, you know what the players have to play for? Their spot in this exclusive league. And you know what happens with all the other teams in the world? Their players get pillaged. So I'm sorry. All the small teams. Fuck y'all! I want a bunch of superstars. No, that's wrong. That's wrong, dude. You're 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 I taking agree. a you're taking a stance for like joking, but I feel like that's a very anti uh, Eric uh, sort of socially woke stance to take. In that you're sacrificing 
all of these oh, underlings, if you will, to prop up billionaires for no reason other than greed. I think that so many of these teams are owned by billionaires, even the shitty ones in the championship. Fair, and but some of them are also struggling, and I'm, they shouldn't they shouldn't be subjected to this type of financial ruin because Stan Kroenke wants to make another $100 million a year. Well, here's the thing. One, they're being propped up by all the teams that make money, and the teams that make money are saying, why are we propping up all these teams that don't make money? Two... Uh, everyone's feeling bad suddenly for like these massive corporations like the Premier League and UEFA and no no they're feeling bad for like they're feeling bad for the people they're feeling bad for like the kit guy who works for Southampton who is going to have to be furloughed because there's not enough TV revenue to divvy out and they've got to make cuts that's who they're feeling bad for how is he going to feed his children Nigel and Edmund All I know is that uh, the, if if UEFA wasn't having to desperately try to change things and improve them because they're not doing well in the first place, uh, you know, it's just like everyone's feeling bad about like, oh no, how is UEFA going to survive? It's like maybe not have a corrupt fucking system, FIFA. If this was just a stance against UEFA to demand change, I'd, I'd be more prone to support it, but they're this just probably been, as corrupt and now this they're just... Coming, this has been coming for 15 years. And it's just they made it okay. So I'm well, I'm it's, honestly, it's exciting. We'll pay attention, but I'm honestly considering if Chelsea supports this to disavowing my club completely. Whoa. You know what? If the twins supported going to uh no more DH, would you be a St. Paul Saints fan? But that's completely different. They're not they're not like sacrificing, you know, the Baltimore Orioles to do it. Like the twins, the twins were part of Bud Selig's contraction plan of like, there's too many teams. And so the twins are number one. Like he was like advocating heavily as the commissioner and the owner of the Milwaukee Brewers to get rid of the twins. Oh, uh, geographically, how close are they? Oh, pretty fucking close. Why is that bud? Um, so like we've been down this road before. I have no reason to support the eventual financial ruin of the Premier League just to continue to support a billionaire like Roman Abramovich. If Chelsea stays in the Premier League, I'm all for it. Um, I'm all for continuing to support them if they if they have a change of heart. But if Chelsea moves to the Super League, I'm I'm 99% right now considering disavowing Chelsea and picking another team to support because I do not believe that this is the right thing to do hey, Ryan, at all. Th- these are, these are huge takes from you. Number one, and we I'm need serious. a lot to unpack and we will, but you want to blow bubbles with me with West Ham? Let's go. It's going to be the best team in the premier league. And in, in, in it's, it's another, it's a London club and they could be, they, Hey, listen, we could be holding up the premier league trophy in no time. So here you guys yeah, go. Exactly. This is my take. Which on means nothing now, but okay. England. Do you guys know how many people live in England? About the population of New Jersey, I think, right? 58 million people. So it's like the population of like New York and California combined. Okay. Okay. A lot of people in a small area. 58 million people. Guess how many professional soccer teams are in England? Oh, it's like 400. Uh, there's oh, there's, no. There's, there's, there's 90, probably 4,000. There's 92 professional teams. There's probably a bunch oh. of semi-pro teams. Oh, okay. Professional teams. So... My problem is, is that like they have too many professionals and they can't handle having that many teams. 
And there's a bunch of teams that are constantly just living paycheck to paycheck and going under and having to find people to give them loans. And I just think that like those teams are just being propped up by the teams that people actually want to watch on TV. And I would feel bad about the Premier League teams going under because there's a lot of great teams. The Premier League. Eric, Eric, you're sounding you're sounding eerily close to like Republican talking points for big business. But carry on. Carry on. It's a sports. It's a sports league. I mean, they are market. They just are big business. And like even the small teams are just raking it in. I mean, the fact that we're acting like poor old Lester, who's only worth $500 million. No, nobody said poor old Lester. Well, like, nobody said that. No, no, no. But you're, but you're, but you're again, you're making Ben Shapiro talking points where you're, you're taking something that nobody said that doesn't exist and putting it onto this globe, uh, like globally onto the rest of the leagues. And nobody's saying that what we're saying is that this will essentially kill the bottom half of the table which is still important, whether you agree or not, to a lot of people and the championship itself, because that's important to a lot of people, especially to supporters of places like Norwich and Leeds and Wolves, who wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for the fact of like the, the Premier League's popularity overall. If I could kill Spurs today, I would do it. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Fuck you, Spurs. See ya. Um, no, I guys, if we all disagree on this show. But but, but you'd point. rather them be a founding member of the Super League? I, okay, this is my honest take. Because, guys, we can't just, there's too much kumbaya on this podcast sometimes where we all agree, 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 and then we're shocked when we don't agree. You know what makes for good, good t- show, good pod? When sometimes <laughs> we have to have an argument. So here's what I will say. This is my honest take. I love Arsenal. I love soccer. I love European soccer. I love the Premier League. I love the Champions League. And I know that I would also love the Super League. So really and truly, the thing that matters to me most is that there is a bunch of great soccer to watch. And I don't care who figures it out. I don't care which billionaire's pockets are being lined, so long as there is a bunch of good soccer for me to watch on the weekend. So if the Champions League, UEFA, FIFA, the Premier League, the Bundesliga, La Liga, uh, Ligue 1, and Syria want to get together and get their shit straight and make it so all these teams stay in their leagues and they put on a great product and they line these billionaires' pockets more, then that's fucking great. And if they can't figure it out and they go to the Super League, then that's great to me too. You know what? Those teams don't have to go under. Southampton has been a selling club for the past 20 years. And you know what they do? They develop great talent and they sell it to big teams. And then they develop more talent and they sell it to big teams. And they've been doing it for ages. And a bunch of teams do. So it's not like these teams would all go under. It would really harm them with their TV deals. But you know what they'd have to do? They'd have to just think smarter and they'd have to continue to grind like they have been forever, developing talent, selling it to the big clubs for insane amounts of money, and then reinvesting that back into their stuff, paying all of their employees, paying all of their players, bringing in great young players. And here's the thing. If there's a Super League, there's not going to be a bunch of 18-year-olds in the Super League. There just isn't. Those kids are going to want – and they're and – they're, um, their agents are not going to want them to just start in the Super League, never transfer clubs for $100 million. They're going to start at Southampton. They're going to start at Bayer Leverkusen. They're going to start at Ajax. They're going to start at these little places in the countries that they grow up in. And then when they're ready to go, when they're 21-year-old superstars, they're going to go for $80 million 
And it's going to fund a bunch of these leagues and these teams that are at the lower level. So who is in trouble? Maybe the supporters of these teams. Like, wouldn't be very fun to be a West Ham United fan if the Premier League wasn't as cool. But Mm -hmm. well-run teams are still going to be well-run teams. And rich teams are still going to be rich teams. And the rich teams are going to get all these opportunities and all these sponsorship deals that are unfair. And they're going to play in the biggest tournaments. And they're going to be on TV all the time. And they're going to get all the best players. And their jerseys are going to be in all the stores. And that will never change. So I don't care which fucking rich people get rich. I want good soccer. Make it happen. Okay. I mean, your argument Hold makes on. sense. Your your argument makes sense. But you're. I think you're just. You are. You are so much about in every other aspect of your life is looking out for the little people, mm-hmm. the people that need help, the people that don't necessarily have all of the resources. And here you are saying like, "Fuck it, I don't care. Let the billionaires get richer." And I just feel like that's a very like off take for you because only because your team is in the Super League. If Arsenal, yes. if Arsenal, because I'm a Minnesota sports fan and I have been a fucking loser in hockey, <laughs> basketball, and baseball, and football, and college sports. My high school team that I went to never won shit. The high school I work at never wins shit. No team that I ever played on ever won shit. So when I had an opportunity pick a team i picked a rich fucking team you better fucking believe it so capitalist sports fan eric only exists in soccer and all those other soccer teams can fuck right off because i have to live this shitty terrible sports fandom everywhere else i go so now you know what it feels like to be a black person getting pulled over essentially (laughs) yeah yeah yep i'm sure he does all right guys so no, but in all seriousness, Eric, I think I really think you need to rethink this. I, I think you need to take some time and think about what this like what the larger impact and you can't just hand wave it away saying, Well, the smart teams will continue to be smart and the dumb teams will continue to fold. I don't think it's as simple as that. I think you need to really sort of internalize what it is that you're saying. And think about what this means for world football overall beyond Arsenal's a founding member, never going to get relegated, even though the way they're playing, they probably should be. And what it means for the rest of the world in terms of the Premier League being dumbed down, essentially, by all these teams leaving. I think that it's a done deal. And I have a choice between cheering for a triple-A team or a major league team, and I'm sticking with my major league team. And it's, it is what it is. The world is ugly. This is going to be ugly. It makes me sad because I love tradition, but it's just, it's, it's, the wheels are in motion. I don't think, you think it's happening. I think it's a done deal. Yeah. I think, wow, it's, okay. I think they've been planning this for years. And I think that today they said, sorry, everyone, we're out of here. And I think, well, I will tell you, I will tell you moving forward that, if Chelsea is going to be a part of this, I will be a free agent looking for a new club. What? This is going to make the sports cast so much better. The pod, this has changed the pod forever today. This is un- this is momentous shit. I love, it. I love it. All right, guys, that's it. That is it. We're going to be following this closely for a while now, um, but it's going to be great. We'll have plenty more arguments about it. I can't wait to get more news about it this week. But uh, that's it. That's all the time we have. Go back, check out our previous podcast from earlier in the week. That was fantastic. We ended our Jason Bourne rewatch. We started a new segment that you'll need to check out. Lots of news on there. Guys, thanks for being with us. And uh, the Northeast Podcast will be back with you guys next week.